0: Hey guys, welcome to the My Story Podcast. I'm so excited you're listening today. We have a really fun show for you. I hope it encourages you and points you to Jesus. He really is our hope and peace. Partway through the show, I share three things I'm loving right now. Don't worry, I have all the links in the show notes for things we talk about today. Also, stay tuned to the end where I share a verse of the day that's really been encouraging me. So would you mind uh, introducing yourself? To the listeners.
1: Yeah. yeah. My name is Caitlin Sigilcoe and I live in Saskatoon. I've lived here for about two years, uh, most recently, and I moved moved back here in order to start a new site of the uh, nonprofit called Servant Partners. So with Servant Partners, we move into communities that experience poverty. And pursue the holistic transformation of those communities alongside our neighbors. We totally believe that transformation happens from within the community and there's a lot of gifts that God has placed already in these um, in these neighborhoods. So I've been really enjoying learning about and exploring the west side of Saskatoon that I now call
0: home. Cool. Uh, so you've been with servant partners for how many years?
1: I've, I've worked with Summer Partners for six years now, and initially, I I had been a student here in Saskatoon mm, and yeah. doing my work degree, and then I, after graduating, I learned about Summer Partners. The only site that they had at the time in Canada, because it's a it's a global international work, um, the only right. site in Canada was in downtown Eastside Vancouver. Right. So I moved there and worked with that group for four years to learn about the work. But there was something in my heart the whole time that was tugging me back towards mm. the prairies, yeah, and towards the city that I really learned to to love and to yeah. long for more healing and restoration to come to this city.
0: Mm. Yeah. Cool. Could you explain your journey a bit more, uh, how God laid the poor on your heart? And because you come from a middle class family, you didn't grow up in that very much, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way of introduction to for your listeners who can't Mm -hmm. see me to say like I'm white, I'm middle-class, I'm educated. Um, I come from a family who's been involved in Christian ministry for generations. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's always been a bit of a a bedrock or foundation of including, including others into our lives and into our circles and Mm -hmm. hospitality being really a core thing that my family has operated out of. And my journey with, um, expanding my circle I I just I think it's actually like very countercultural that I got to live this way even as a even as a young one um to actually expand our circles to include people Mm -hmm. who are not like us because it's so human to want to just Mm -hmm. be with people who are similar to us um so when I was in high school we our, our church was pretty focused, and my dad was pastoring the church at that time, and we were pretty focused on the core community of the city that we lived in as a family in um, Grand Prairie, Alberta. Mm. And and that started to shape uh, my dad and, and my mom's heart towards the um, the people that we that we included in our, in our lives. Mm-hmm. And our lives became more interconnected with the marginalized population in, in Grand Prairie um, to the point where mm-hmm. we were, like our, our holiday meals would be shared with mm-hmm. folks who were homeless or at risk of being homeless. And we would mm-hmm. go on camping trips with people who were in addictions recovery. Mm-hmm. And there, I had a really profound encounter around a campfire, which I always think is just like, a, just such a place of healing and connection, because there's something so soothing about being in a circle with others, but it's dark. You can't really see each other, yeah. and there's just, like, safety. And yeah, it's
0: like a security you. blanket.
1: Totally, and you're, like, yeah. staring at the flame together. Yeah. And you're, like, to the fire, but others are listening, yeah. and so it's like, takes down one, one barrier of protection and allows us, and especially in this case, we are outside of the city and had been for a couple of days, so those mm the kind of protection that comes with living the daily hustle was already down and removed. People were just real and raw. And it was a circle of people who are really used to to the AA format, which is, if if your listeners haven't been part of an AA circle or community Alcoholics Anonymous, I would highly recommend attending an open Hmm. meeting because there is something about transparency and vulnerability and powerlessness that this community understands that is Hmm. Um, I think the Christian community, the church community, our nation as a whole would hugely benefit from from learning. Mm. And so there's this like propensity towards vulnerability and transparency already in the mm. circle. And people were like going around and sharing whatever the question we were responding to was, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. And I was, I think I was quite young, like like 18 between years of school mm. or something. And in this circle. And people are sharing just really hard things from Mm -hmm. their life. And my life had been quite starkly different from the experiences that they'd had. But um, I responded in whatever way was true for me at that time to the question that was answered. And I I received so much affirmation and acceptance in that Mm -hmm. circle. And I had never experienced such non-judgmental extension of community towards me to embrace me Mm. before and there's something about this community of marginalized people who have experienced a lot of shame and judgment from the rest of society that that just says like we who are we Um, and so they don't like Mm -hmm. I was um, embraced so warmly and welcome and um something about that like tapped a deep ache in me towards Mm. acceptance of belonging and realizing it's actually maybe not among my peers where i'll find the truest acceptance of belonging but it's where jesus places himself is among the marginalized and the least of these and it's those places that jesus made himself at home yeah and i can see why like i can see there is something about the kingdom of God that the marginalized community understands mm-hmm. that if I don't rub shoulders like I'm actually missing out on mm-hmm. the good news of the kingdom for myself so mm-hmm. it's been this journey for myself of a place of acceptance and belonging and healing has to be linked with in relationship with people who've experienced a really different life than I have yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've been I've been ministered to by this community and that's why mm-hmm. that's why my heart is been hmm. through the poor and depressed because um, hmm. part of my life and they ministered to me
0: yeah that's such a humble perspective and I'm sure that comes through in your ministry too because when we go in thinking that we're the saviors and we can fix everything and we want mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. I, I think there has to be some and I'm sure there is like that level of compassion and like these people need help. And so I'm, I want to share help with them and share Jesus with them. And, mm-hmm. but to also have that humble, that humility saying you actually bless me so much. And I learn so much from you. My perspective changes and gets better mm-hmm. when I'm with those types of people because mm-hmm. you see what's really important and you see a lot of love and these people who have had these really hard lives and yet they are so joyful or so loving. And so they're ready to just like protect you or like get their arm cut off for you kind of thing. Like they're Mm -hmm. so loyal and you feel very seen and very safe or you can
1: yeah yeah I think you make a good point Felicia that I like I am so guilty of trying to be a white savior mm-hmm. all the time like yeah. I am here to help I am here you are so lucky that I am in your midst um one of my friends who ministered in downtown east in Vancouver for a mm-hmm. long time okay he he said this phrase that stuck with me that because it's true for me too he said mm-hmm. I I thought I was coming to this neighborhood because of my skills and my abilities could help this community, but what mm-hmm. I've learned is I've actually God has sent me to this neighborhood to be transformed myself mm-hmm. by the people that I encounter, yeah. and that's the only work of transformation we can guarantee.
0: It would definitely help with preventing burnout too, because if you mm-hmm. feel like you're the savior, you're the one who has to fix everything. Sure. Obviously, yeah. we can't. There's always yeah. more that could be done, and yeah, God is the only one who can reach people where they're at.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally reorients responsibility back to where it should be, like, Jesus is the savior, not me.
0: What would you say is the best part of your ministry? i
1: would say people are the best mm. part of my ministry. And they're like, there's this paradigm in ministry of like programs and people, and so often, to validate our existence as an organization, as a church, um, as a as a minister, we we want to necessitate programs because you it's tangible. You have something mm-hmm. to show, and I get into this all the time, especially in September. September is like mm-hmm. when programs and schools mm-hmm. and everything kickstarts, yeah. and there's this desire to like want to be starting something right. and having people come to it and prove that you are meeting a need That's in the community. But it's, with every organization, nonprofit, there's just this cycle where a program will be successful and pertinent and important for like two years, and then mm. something else comes along, and people trickle over to there instead, or a crisis like Covid nineteen happens, mm-hmm. and we no longer can gather, and we can every program is cancelled. And so, if we are able to prioritize people over program right from mm. the beginning of, of the paradigm of our ministry and the philosophy of our ministry, mm. um, then the programs we can hold that lightly. This mm. could succeed or this could fail. This could be a fun thing to do alongside neighbors or we could toss it. Mm-hmm. And it says nothing about the importance or the validity of our ministry because what our ministry is rooted in is relationship.
0: The things that have made the biggest impact on me are people. What would you say... Is the hardest part of your ministry?
1: The same thing. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, the yes. <laughs> <part?"> <laughs> so there are days when I have these fantasies of like, what would I, what would, what is like, like parallel universe Caitlin doing right now? Yeah. And I have this dream of being a, a letter carrier and just like having a bag of mail, going <laughs> to walk all day, and at the end of the day, that bag of mail is empty and my yeah. job is done. Yeah.
0: Three things I'm loving right now are card games. I really like the game Three Up, Three Down. I also just recently learned crib. Crib is a little complicated, but fun once you get the hang of it. The second thing I'm loving is eating meals with my family. And the third thing I'm loving is sleep. I'm very thankful for it. What do you do for fun what are some of your hobbies and things that you enjoy doing yeah um
1: I really uh, yeah I, I really love being outdoors yeah and since moving back to Saskatoon, I've tried to like kind of translate okay how do I um uh, what does it mean to be outdoors in Saskatchewan yeah uh, so <laughs> Versus I, I like Vancouver. To go <laughs> outside and I like to go for bike rides Mm. Um, I have this concept of myself that I like reading but I have like a pile of books of good intentions by my bed that (laughs) I I actually like very slowly if at all reading through so I might just need to let that go (laughs) maybe
0: (laughs) Maybe another season of life yeah (laughs) have you tried Uh, audiobooks?
1: And maybe that's it too. I'm like i I'm more into audiobooks now and um podcasts. Yes. And I think that's just something that's changing in our society that I'm like, why would I read this whole book? Can't you just summarize this yeah. for me? Somehow like the attention span right. is just not there anymore. Yeah. But a no- novels, I still enjoy reading novels. Okay. And that like my my pile of good intentions can be sitting there and I'm like the one novel. Um, yeah. working. Too. Yeah. Um, there's just something about story that really captures me. Yeah. And I've started to enjoy, um, like, poetry a lot. I really oh. love going to to poetry slams and, and poetry performances oh. in the community. cool. And actually one of the leaders that I've got to know in our neighborhood, he started in the Indigenous Poet Society, hmm. and that's, like, a really sweet group of wow. Indigenous poets, um, who share their stories and this yeah. really creative.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel yeah. like I do not know poetry. Like, I've read some yeah. for school, but I don't yeah. read it just for enjoyment.
1: Yeah, uh, it's fun. You should look up some, like, um, spoken word. I find, like, spoken that's word, a more yeah. accessible genre yeah, right. um, of poetry to get into. So my favorite form of poem poetry is haikus. And that's a mm-hmm. simple three-line format, where the first line is five syllables, the second is seven, and the third is five. Oh, okay. So you have to like, you have to play with the economy of words and right. be like, very succinct. Right. So I've done this in different seasons of my life,
0: huh. where
1: I've been like in a really like whole new experience, where every day I'll write a haiku to summarize my day because that's it all down and either it's like an overall summary of how i'm feeling that day or like a specific moment in the day that i'm representing yeah in these um how many i guess 17 syllables that you get to play with yeah does it rhyme it doesn't it doesn't have to okay but if you're like really clever you can get it to rhyme yeah but that's a whole yeah so actually my favorite one when i when i moved from Vancouver to Saskatoon. I also took a little season of reflection in between those two uh, ministry assignments, and yeah. i journeyed across Canada with a friend of mine. Oh, cool. So we moved from Vancouver to Saskatoon, dropped my stuff off there, and then continued east. Oh, and that was, sounds wonderful. To the east coast, we were, and so in this season of transition, I was doing the practice of writing that haiku a day. Cool. Hmm. So when I got to the ocean um, at PEI, the Atlantic Ocean. It was this, like, really um, warm breeze. A storm was coming the next day, but mm. it was, like, this warm breeze. Um, the water was still quite frigid in the ocean because it was just the beginning of May when we would have been there. And um, at least the water was really cold, but we went for, like, a spontaneous swim. And I wrote a haiku about that. Aww. I'm gonna Do I you remember it? it you. Can you, can you can say it? it? Yeah, I think so. Um, let your burdens be. Step toward the sea. Follow curiosity. Aww.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> and I felt like that actually summarized, like, the entire the entire trip of, like, stepping pausing, towards the sea. Yeah. Me, and then travel towards the
0: yeah. sea. <laughs> yeah. Aww. That's wonderful. Yeah.
1: So that's another practice I've started that um, I call them my pandemic haikus right now oh, okay. In this weird that we're in. Yeah. Um, that's a way of like saying, okay, even though we're isolated and there's monotony every day, yeah, there's still gifts to every day. And I'm trying to like hone in on those and remember that there's kind of a uniqueness to every day even right. in this time. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Wow. I was um, just thinking when you said three lines every day. Uh, have yeah. you seen those line-a-day journals yes, or those yeah. little journals uh, yeah. for every day? And I feel like there's, I mean, there's probably all sorts of types, but I feel like there's some that have three lines per day. And so you could get one of those and you could write your little haiku every day.
1: It yes, would be such a fun thing to look
0: yeah. back on. Yeah. Yeah. Have you
1: ever Have you ever done a practice like that, Felicia?
0: I bought one once <laughs> with good intentions, so. <laughs> good intentions. but to be fair, I think it was like a five year, like a one line a day, five year journal or something. And yeah, I got
1: it, a it <laughs> is a lot, and I
0: probably got a good uh, month or two in. So, <laughs> yeah, but.
1: I mean that's I good. if you had just lowered your expectations and set out to do a month, you would have Yes. You would have doubled that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you could spend a day anywhere doing anything with anyone and money wasn't a hindrance, what would you do?
1: The place I would love to be right now is hiking in the forest. Yeah. And then treat, being like so tired afterwards. Mm. Oh, maybe going to some hot springs.
0: Ooh, That'd be
1: amazing. Yeah. Getting a massage afterwards, like there's something about like working hard and yes. just like poof, fully relaxing and having like just a super delicious meal involving seafood because that's expensive. Mm, yeah. In a restaurant with a gorgeous view. Yeah. Oh. That would be all right by me. That sounds
0: wonderful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you- and you now with I don't know someone who who gets me and it's mm. fun to talk to. Mm.
0: Cool. If you could have coffee with three people, alive or dead, who would you meet?
1: Oh, my, you know, my mom comes to mind and Aww. I think it's because I know, so she's in Alberta and we were going to visit each other at this time and, and um, we've both been sad that we, we can't because yeah. break because she works at a, at a high school. Okay. And so, I told her last night, yesterday, as she got home from her last day of work, uh, I was like, "Oh, make sure you make yourself a latte and just sit and enjoy. Your are on spring break now."
0: Yeah. And she was
1: like, "Oh, but it would be nicer if you were here to yeah. enjoy it." Oh. So, that's true. I would love to have coffee with my mom. Mm. We're the only two for a while. We were the only two in our family who had who enjoyed coffee, so that okay. was a special thing.
0: Yeah. Aww.
1: Um, I think I have like lots of heroes from times gone by. Mm. Dorothy Day immediately comes to mind. She started the Catholic Worker movement and just worked really yeah. radically um, on the belief that um, we see the face of Christ in the marginalized population. And mm. she uh, worked through a lot of barriers in the in the Depression era mm. to um, ensure that people who did food and shelter got that, mm. um, even when even when she was labeled a communist or a socialist by the church. Um, nice. she was acting out of like no this is the way God's kingdom operates and she pursued justice wholeheartedly hmm. and I would just love to, to know what she was yeah. like as a person huh. and Dorky my day. grandfather he passed away when I was five and hmm. um, I've heard and gleaned so much from his legacy and um, he was a, a church planter and a, a real thinker hmm. and I And I would love to pick his brain about some of the um, thoughts that I encounter in the work that I do. And I think I have this imagination that he would just like receive that with like like, gentleness and grace Mm. and curiosity, Mm. um, which coming from elders is always a real Mm -hmm. privilege. And so I would love to like glean from the wisdom of his his work and the um, and the way that he took some really big. Um, steps of boldness and faith uh, in following Jesus in his life Hmm. so I always thought we would get along pretty well if he was Hmm. still alive
0: cool (laughs) Hmm. what is your go-to beverage and snack
1: oh um, go-to and it's so evident now because uh, it's like what are the staples that we keep at home during the yeah um, coffee for sure. Yeah. And so much coffee now that I'm working from home. Yeah. But even when I wasn't working, well, I always worked up with my home. But when I was in the community more, coffee with neighbors, just yes. like such a staple to visiting. Yeah. So good.
0: Yeah. And it's- my
1: go-to snack is nachos Ooh. or potato chips with dip. Ooh, and with dip. Like, oh, oh yeah, specifically okay. with dip. And I just make my own dip, whip it up real quick, and it's honestly like pretty much a nightly routine these days oh, wow chip snack oh that's great yeah uh
0: what are you reading right now
1: oh i just finished so you want to see my whole book my stack of good yeah, yeah. i'm reading this little this little book called um, bread for the journey by henry nowen hmm. he's one of my favorite authors and it's just like a little paragraph of of thought for you
0: okay if you could be famous for one thing, what would it be?
1: So, I would I would love to be known um, and remembered in people's hearts and minds as somebody who's who said to them, like who spoke love to mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. in that deep way that they were longing to hear mm-hmm. through connection. That's really cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. all right and if you could have a soundtrack to your life what song would you choose
1: <laughs> the current soundtrack to my life is banana pancakes Oh, jack johnson, jack
0: johnson yes that. well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast
1: for this conversation felicia it's fun yeah. to connect with you as always
0: yeah Today's verses come from Psalm 127, 1-2. I loved what Caitlin said, how we are not the Savior, and we can't meet everybody's needs. But Jesus is the Savior, and we get to partner with him in his work. Psalm 127, 1-2. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. So that's the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope it made you smile, inspired you, and reminded you that there's hope, peace, and joy in Jesus. No matter what you're going through, God loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. I hope you have a wonderful day enjoying God's good gifts. See you back here next week.